And we're back. My name's Ryan. My name's Brooks. And my name's Ryan. And you're listening to Board Game Cinema. (laughs) And uh, on this episode of Board Game Cinema, we are going to talk about a movie that we love, or at least the movie that I love, um, a game that you can play that has the same theme or flavor of that movie. And then we have a segment that I think Brooks named Cinema Omelet. We're going to talk about all the little things we've been watching in the last couple weeks since we did a recorded the last episode. And also maybe talking about a board game or two that we might have been playing. Um, so this week's episode, we're going to talk about the 1987 movie Princess Bride. Yeah, The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Just, so, just Princess Bride or The Princess Bride? I don't I mean, why ask me these <laughs> tough I questions mean, like, on you camera? You have this uh, board game <laughs> movie podcast. Okay, we have this. You is it, can't. Is it Princess Bride or it's the, the Princess, Princess Bride? The Princess Bride. So the Princess Bride was directed uh, by some guy, Rob Reiner, um, and it was based on a book written by screenplay written by the guy that wrote the book. Yeah, which I always like to see. William Goldman. I always like to see that when like the screenplay is also written by the same guy that wrote the yeah, book. Yeah, that's always for some good. reason. I feel like that's more authentic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so the Princess Bride is interesting in that in this episode, I'm going to make the assertion that it's a the perfect movie. I'm going to my claim that I'm arguing in today's debate. Welcome to cinema <laughs> Definitely debate. Will not be a debate. Have a smarter sounding voice. <laughs> Welcome to Cinema Debate. My name is Ryan. No, uh, I'm just going to argue that it's like the per- the perfect movie. That it's, I'm not saying it's my favorite movie or it's the best movie. I just think it's, there's something about this movie that makes it resonate with so many people for so many decades. This movie came out a long time ago. Yeah. 1987, I was in seventh grade. And in case the listeners out there don't know by the sound of my voice, I'm old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, so uh, first let me ask you. So I love the movie. I think the movie's fantastic. But first let me ask you, Brooks, did you like the movie? Yeah, I like the movie. It's it's one of those movies that I didn't grow up. Like, I didn't grow up. I don't remember, like, my parents sitting me down one day and saying, hey, we're going to watch this movie. And me watching it from beginning to end. Yeah. But it's a movie that I remember watching bits and pieces of for years and years and years throughout mm-hmm. my entire life. Especially as a kid, like watching TV in the summer, like flipping channels. This movie is always Comedy on. Comedy Central. Yeah, Comedy Central. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, like so many, it, honestly, I would say just recently is the first time I've ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, you know, like as I'm watching, I'm like every single scene uh, I remember from seeing it at some point. Um, but yeah, there are just so many like quotable lines. So many memorable scenes that you see referenced in all kinds of like pop culture stuff today. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's definitely an extremely like popular movie. It's a really good movie. It's a funny movie. It's aged really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. When the movie came out, it had a budget of $16 million and it grossed 30 million at the box office. Um. Which is respectable, yeah. I guess, you know. Um, but it really found its life on home video. Hmm. So <clears throat> when, you know, people got the VHS copies and like watched them over and over and over again as they were growing up, people like me, people of like my age, 
Um, I think it kind of is a movie that's just really enchanting and it's like a lot of people's like favorite movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where it's like a a lot of, and I I think one of the things about the movie that is really cool is that, you know, it's a movie that people from 80 to three years old kind of like really like. Yeah. And so it's a movie like people like me, my age that I grew up watching the movie on video cassette and then I had kids and they like watched the movie growing up, you know, on DVD and on TV. And then, you know, now I, my kids, none of them have any kids, but they're old enough to have kids. I mean, uh, my son, oldest son's 27. So, you know, if they had kids and, you know, ideally they could be showing this movie to their kids and their kids could be enjoying it. And so there's something about an evergreen film like that where it doesn't, it just, the age of it holds up. Yeah. And it's really rare that if there's a movie like that, usually there's some, you know, and part of it, I guess it's helped because it does take place in like a fairy tale fantasy setting. Um, but there is, you know, some clips of like modern, you know, 1987 yeah. Fred Savage. Yeah. Um, but just doesn't know the movie. I think the tone of the movie, it doesn't take itself super seriously. Definitely it knows not. that it's like in on the joke, yeah. that it's like more of like a parody or almost. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so super sweet. And it's a story about, you know, love, not just a romantic love between the two main characters. Um, Wesley and Princess Buttercup, but also about the love between a grandfather and his grandson, like the love like uh, that you have for like your relatives, yeah, and the love of a father and a son, like Diego uh, Inigo Montoya. Um, you know, his father was killed in front of him when he was eleven, and he's worked his whole life to revenge him. And when you, as the audience member, you know when he does finally get his vengeance, like you feel so elated for him because you know you i mean i've seen people get emotional in that scene where like they are thinking about like you know maybe their own relationship with their own dad or whatever and like uh, for um uh, what um, you know amounts to like <laughs> almost maybe a kid's movie or at least a kid-friendly movie there's yeah. a lot of emotion behind the the story of that's yeah. being conveyed in the movie yeah no you're absolutely right yeah the uh that scene i mean just this whole like mission throughout the movie um yeah there's so much like emotion behind all of that just to repeat exactly what you just said yeah (laughs) (laughs) everything you said sounded good yeah it really did i'll say that over no i I think like um the you know so it's first of all when you talk about like what makes a movie good right do you enjoy watching the movie Clearly, I do because I've watched it thousands of times. Like you said, anytime it's on TV, I always stop and watch like a big chunk of it. Yeah, it's on film movie channels. My wife loves the movie, so you know it's a movie that me and her both love together, and so we watch it all the time. Um, and it's just so quotable, which is so weird because like you can be in an office setting or be at a dinner or something and say a couple quotes from Princess Bride, and like you know, 50% of the people at the table will also start to throw in some quotes. Like it's a movie that people know by heart almost, you know, because they've watched it like so much and it's not a quotable in the way like clerks is quotable. Meaning like, man, there's some really funny snippets of the movie clerks that are the dialogue alone is hilarious. Like you saw a play of it, you, you know, it would be hilarious, right? It's, it's more, you know, it's like different. It's like a different vibe. It's like, you know, like when Andre the Giant's like, anybody want a peanut? <laughs> like that, you know, it's just, there's something just so funny, like humorous, yeah. like chuckle, yeah. chuckling about that, that yeah. it makes you like, just, you know, it's coming, you know, the line's coming. 
Yeah. When you're watching the movie, and then he says it, and it's almost like an old friend. Like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the comparison with Clerks, it's like, yeah, it's not the dialogue itself that, again, you could, like, have anybody read through the script of Clerks, and it's, like, hilarious, yeah. you know? But, yeah, it's like thinking back to the movie, the scene itself, like, inconceivable, yeah. Like, everybody knows that. You hear that anytime anyone... I don't know that anyone uses that word, because <laughs> if they do, bride. it's just the Princess Bride, you know? Nobody can yeah. use that word in real life. Yeah, so imagine, imagine this, right? Imagine you're working for a team of software engineers, and you guys are way behind schedule on a project, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, wait, just for whatever reason, some things that you guys thought were going to work out didn't end up not working out. And it's a problem, because, like, the company is up against the, like, quarterly earnings report... And this project that you had to unleash, you know, that you had to create this new application for the software that you thought was going to drive revenue is not going to happen because you're behind. And imagine like the head of the company, the CEO of the company is up there in front of a 25, team of 25 people. And he is like, or she, either way, is like, I cannot believe that this team has allowed this to happen. I'm appalled by this. This is going to cost people's jobs. It's inconceivable that this occurred. Someone in that group of people that are, is like on the bridge, like brink of getting fired, yeah. is literally going to say under their breath, 100% guaranteed, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Like It's so burned into the yeah. pop culture lexicon. You, like you said, you can't say that word. Yeah. It's, it's blacklisted it. from any yeah. movie or TV show because as soon as you say it, only thing people can see is the Princess Bride. Yeah. Like, and literally, Absolutely. someone's going to say, you keep using that word. Yeah. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> like, it's just guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, the, and that's the thing, though. It's like, you think, for me, it's like, yeah, I think back to that scene. Or even like the the poison scene, you know? Anything from that, I immediately picture these two guys sitting there yeah. and Vizzini, like... <laughs> You know, I mean, him as a character, he just looks, I don't know, he looks he looks great for the role that he's in. The casting is amazing. The casting Everybody is in the movie is yeah. fantastic, right? Uh, but yeah, he just does such a good job of being this little, like, snarky Sicilian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, it's a movie that people can, like, not just quote, because the characters are so, like, larger than life. Um, you can like almost do like impressions of them, you know, and like yeah. it's it's funny, like like uh you know again like uh with Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. like anybody want a peanut? Yeah. Like it's just yeah. for some reason it's and, fun. That, and just Andre the Giant being in this movie <laughs> it's so also great. It's so is, great, yeah, has made it like such a classic. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, it really is like a cult classic, you know. Yeah, because like if only we had a Holocaust cloak. Oh yeah, how about this? People's <laughs> It's so, like, there's so many lines. It's so that great. I didn't remember. And I was thinking, a Holocaust cloak? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he pulls it out. He's like, yeah, oh, he's just like, Miracle got, Max yeah. said it fit me so well. He said I could have it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. And yeah. the R-O-U-S, the rodents, the rodents of unusual size. size. Yeah. yeah. The R- yeah, R-O-U's, I guess. Are you are you yeah. or something? But they, yeah, like I mean, but like you said earlier, like yeah, it definitely knows it. It um, it's aware of itself. 
as a movie, as a comedy, as a parody. Because it could, it's such a fine line. Yeah, it, it is. It could be like. It's not like uh, another Carrie Hughes movie. Of Robin Hood Men in Tights. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Where it's so, it just knows it's like Naked Gun, it knows it's Airplane. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you could view it, the movie through that lens almost entirely and get some humor out of it. Or you could take it as like like a lot of kids do. Where like it's totally like a totally serious movie. Like you don't see any yeah. of, like the parody elements because it walks such a razor's edge. And the best way I've heard you know people talking about it when I watch YouTube videos and stuff, the same word comes up over and over and over. It's like it's enchanting. And like enchanting mm-hmm. is a weird word. We don't use it too much in our everyday language. But that really defines this movie. It's like there's just something really unique about this movie. Like you know. First of all, shout out to Kerry um, Ewells. I think that's how you say his name. Ells, Kerry Ells. Um, the guy that plays Wesley in the yeah. movie, the main character. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, he actually, our friend Charles, met him yeah. in an airport in New York. And he had a couple drinks with my friend Charles. And he's a super nice guy, apparently. Yeah. So, um, shout out to him. I'd like to hear that celebrities are nice guys. Um, and <clears throat> Robin Wright Penn. Yeah. Just Robin uh, Wright now. Robin Wright. She was fantastic in yeah, the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like when the movie first started, I forgot how young they both were. 20 and movie. 23, yep. Yeah, that's insane. Right. Because, you know, before watching this recently, I've seen them in so much other stuff in the past, you know, 10 years. Right. Um, And very different types of roles in different types of movies. But yeah, it's, it's crazy to... To see that. And then Mandy Patinkin is super oh, well man. cast and he gets like real into his role. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was watching a YouTube video, like it was like the 30th anniversary or 25th anniversary or whatever. And he was talking about that scene where he is, you know, getting his revenge <clears throat> and was saying that he was got real emotional at the time because his father in real life had, you know, died and like, oh, wow. uh, and then they had a screening for the movie a rough cut screening for the cast and he went to it. And at the end of the screening and during the end of the film, as it's getting near the end, he's just like bawling in the audience and his wife's there and she's like concerned, like, Oh, like, you know, what's wrong? Like, and, uh, he just said that he in his life never thought that he would have the opportunity to be in a movie as good as that. He had been in some other movies, some of which weren't great. And the fact that he was in that movie, he just couldn't believe how lucky he was because he knew that it was going to be a movie that people just watched over and over with their families. And yeah. He was like real proud of being, you know, in that movie. That's really um, cool. So that's cool. And then, yeah. of course, like you said, Andre Giant, you can't imagine the movie without Andre the Giant. Nah. It's he like it's like in Goonies, you know how like uh, Chunk like makes the movie. Like yeah. he, you couldn't have the Goonies <laughs> no. without Chunk. It's the same thing with this. You couldn't have like... You know, <clears throat> doing some research for the movie, they had considered like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno, but it doesn't that would work. Have been a disaster. It doesn't yeah. work without like Arnold. Yeah. Like, I mean, with, without Andre, it doesn't yeah. work. You know, like the scenes when like <clears throat> um, the Man in Black is like trying to Wesley's trying to like fight him, and he yeah. looks like a little kid inside <laughs> on his back. If you look at a still, like he literally yeah. looks like a little kid on his back. Yeah. Or when Robin somebody's um, hands in his hand, and yeah. it's like what. Robin Wright jumps out the window and oh, he like yeah. catches her. Yeah. She looks like a little kid and he's like all smiling, all happy. Yeah. And, yeah. There's just so many like great like scenes in the movie and um, so many like, you know, one liners like, uh, like when they bring um, Wesley who's dead to Miracle Max and Miracle Max is like, uh, uh, you don't want me. I'm, you know, the King's son fired me. You don't want me. I'll end up killing them. 
And he's like, oh, he's already dead. And he's like, oh, we'll bring him in. <laughs> it's like something. Like, yeah. Slow scenes like that are like really yeah. hilarious, you know? So. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. All, all of that is great. But. Um, and then you turned me on to the whole movie, The Princess Bride. Yeah. Which is, I mean, first of all, the fact that somebody made that says so much about this movie how beloved it is yeah absolutely um you want to you want to explain what that is i don't even know how to begin to <laughs> so i just stumbled across it on youtube and i assume it's it looks like it's like made for a charity maybe yeah yeah so i think it was made for a charity but it was made in the at the very beginning of the pandemic it made that during makes lockdown. sense yeah that makes yeah. sense so when all these actors were like in self-quarantine they different actors film scenes using their own phones smartphones Mm -hmm. like to recreate scenes from the movie yeah and yeah you have like i don't know how many different actors that's the thing that impressed me is like there's a thousand actors in this movie like uh, and like hugh jackman yeah and Uh, (laughs) like diego luna jason siegel like big actors like there's like big actors in all these like roles um and it comes from a place where you know, you can tell that they like love the movie. Like yeah, everybody yeah, in that. So yeah. the whole movie is like a shot. It's literally like Jack Black is it? So it's, it's like literally a shot for shot. A shot for shot remake of the Princess Bride with like zero budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even think zero budget applies. Like they just literally went in their backyard and they, you know, each of them filmed like a, a scene of them reenacting a scene from Princess Bride. And a few minutes, you know, maybe yeah. a couple minutes scene. And then, like, so if I'm playing Wesley, and then I, I say a couple lines or a few lines of dialogue, a minute or two, and then, like, next thing you know, you'll be, Brooks will be playing Wesley. And it's, yeah. like, a totally different background, totally different costume, exactly. totally different. Yeah. And, but, but all I, the lines are the same from the movie. Like, it's a yeah. line, like, word for word. And some people go, like, pretty hardcore. Like, Jack Black has, like, a whole, like, like suit like costume with like yeah. uh, lightsabers yeah. <laughs> Diego Luna's using like an umbrella for a sword but it's it, a lot of people are using umbrellas yeah. I think throughout but yeah. uh, some people get like the one girl I don't know her name she's in a bunch of shows that Aaron watches like that um that 1980s computer show Halt and Catch Fire that girl she was also in Blade Runner 2049 oh yeah um, she she plays Robin Wright's character Buttercup in the pool when they're yeah. shrieking eels and she had like a pretty elaborate scary looking fake like shrieking eel. I mean yeah. it was like obviously was a guy impressive. with a pool like clinging thing yeah but it McKenzie looked really Davis. creepy yeah. yeah she was great in it and so <clears throat> I think what's interesting to me again is that is just a reflection of how beloved's and how widely beloved like this movie is, you know? Yeah. It's one of those movies where if you're of a certain age and you meet somebody that hasn't seen the movie, like you, you can't believe it. You're like, what? Like you grew up in another country or what? <laughs> you know, it reminds me of our friend. We have a friend, uh, who's really, or Brooks, not Brooks has a friend that's really into science fiction and her husband isn't at all. And, uh, she just kept saying <laughs> to me, like, he didn't even know who Captain Kirk was, <laughs> you know, like that, that's like the same reaction you get from like if you didn't know like yeah. you never seen Princess Bride like you don't know who Andre the Giant is you don't know like yeah. who his character is you don't know like the scene with the the poison you don't know like yeah everybody knows the poison scene you think so I, I would think know. so I don't know I don't know if young people watch it yeah that's like, true that's I was, a good point. when I was working at an unnamed company um, there was somebody on my team that was a lot younger than me and she had never seen Goonies. 
So, oh, I know plenty of people that have never seen Goonies. Like younger, yeah, younger than me. But it comes on TV all the time. Yeah, How do you not watch TV? People I know. Don't, yeah, you're right. You don't have TV right. anymore. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So look, there are plenty of people out there that have never seen Goonies, never seen Star Wars, yeah. never seen Indiana Jones. So we're starting a charity. It's a society <laughs> to save lost souls. And basically all it is is going to be if there's someone, a loved one, or a family member, a coworker, someone in your life, maybe a, maybe your you know, child's friend or whatever, uh, or boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, they've never seen Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Goonies, Princess Bride. Um, call me and we'll come to your house and we'll show it to them in the movie. <laughs> so that way people can enjoy the same, you know, uh, pop culture references that exactly. everyone else enjoys. That's the main and reason to do it, if under, nothing else. Yeah, understand like what's going on. Yeah. And, like, the majority of shows that they watch, exactly. they're referencing like, you know, they can understand why nobody says inconceivable yeah. and like why people say in a galaxy, you know, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, like. What does that mean? I don't understand the reference. Like, oh my god, you never yeah. seen Star Wars? <laughs> he doesn't even know who Captain Kirk is. Okay, he doesn't even know who Captain Kirk. Like, he never seen Star Trek in his life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people could do that. I don't know how they go through life either. doing that. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Yeah, the Goonies is the one for me that, like, yeah, I grew up watching that all the time, and I know we've talked about it before, but that's the one that's always so surprising to me that people have never seen that. So yeah, so today's episode, you know, we took the controversial stance that The Princess Bride's a good movie. <laughs> people, people should watch it. And you should watch the whole movie if you have an hour and seven minutes. So it's not an exact, it's about 20 minutes shorter than the actual movie. They condensed some of the action scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because The Princess Bride at one time had the longest swords fight of any movie on film. And oh, the actors, like, they, they really went to... Um, like they took classes. In yeah. fact, those, those scenes, which I read this, I don't know, before we ever talked about doing this on the show, but um, they showed that scene in fencing class in like fencing classes. Oh, really? Is like, yeah, examples of like certain fencing styles. Because yeah. those guys went all out to like learn how to fence and learn how to sword fight. So in the movie, Inigo Montoya has dedicated his life to fencing. But the point of the movie is that like, the Dread Pirate Roberts, the Man in Black, aka Wesley, is like supposed to be the best penultimate, like the ultimate um, example of like all these like characters. He's the best fencer. He's the best fighter. He's the smartest. He's the most clever. Like he's like you know. And so he's even though Inigo Montoya is like might be the best fencer in the world because he's dedicated his entire life to study fencing both hands. Uh, the main character Wesley is just a little bit better. He's yeah. just, no matter what it is, he's just a little bit better. And so like, they knew they wanted to have this amazing, you know, fencing scene, but still it's done in a very fun and like, you know, kind of yeah. goofy way. It's oh, not yeah. like, uh, you know, they're like truly trying to kill each other. There's no blood or there's no, you know, like there's one part where like the guy bends over and blocks a shot, like between his legs, yeah. you know, it's like still done in like a little bit of a, a farcical way. Um, so they practice the hell out of it. And they got so good at it that when they went to like refilm it, it was way too short because they had done the movements like so fast and so quick and just had gotten, you know, the repetition of it was, you know, and they went to film it and the director was like, uh, no, it's like way too short. Like I want the longest at the time. Uh, there was a movie, an older movie that had like the longest sword fight scene in history. And he wanted like a longer scene than that movie. Um, I think it was called Scaramouche or something like that. And 
So they went and added like a whole other segments to that fight to like oh, make wow. it like this amazing like fight scene. And uh, I know that um, just from watching, I watched some YouTube channels about um, combat on film, you know, like, you know, whether it be like play stage or, you know, stage combat essentially. And like, I know those guys are obsessed with that movie because the, the fencing in that movie um, is essentially the ultimate example of like fencing yeah. for cinema. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's um, cool. But so it's a movie that does have everything. It's like, you know, part of the thing that makes the movie cool is like it is a, a story that's being told by a grandfather, um, Peter Falk, to his grandson, um, Kevin Arnold <laughs> <No>. <laughs> from its wonder years. But, um, and in the story, he tells him, he's like, look, this has everything. He doesn't want to read the book, he just wants to play Nintendo. But he's the grandfather's like, look, look, this story has everything. It has like torture, revenge, yeah. like you know, like swords, swords sword and yeah. like you know, miracles, giants, and giants. Yeah. yeah, and it does. It really does have like all that yeah. in the movie. Um, and it's also cool in that like it's in a fantasy setting, like a fairy tale fantasy setting. It's really hard to place in time, like where. Like, because yeah. they talk about things like Australia, Australia and like, oh, you know, and, but, and Patagonia, right? But then they yeah. also have like, uh, you know, what very clearly like Renaissance attire, and right? Like yeah, 1300s type dress. Yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, for me, like, part of that is cool. And like, when you when you say something like, oh, they don't make movies like that anymore, like, they don't make movies like this anymore, like, they don't make like, no, like this. If this were to come out today, it would be like a six-part netflix show that was like totally for little kids you know what i mean like they don't make movies like this anymore unfortunately yeah i mean yeah now that type of movie has just gone the route of like full-on parody yeah and it's just too much like but i think the 80s was a time for fairy tale fantasy like yeah never-ending story and labyrinth yeah i was gonna say it definitely like just like the fact that it's a, a kid well they're reading a book and it kind of goes back and forth yeah definitely made me think of never ending story uh but yeah never ending story labyrinth uh legend yeah all those like fairy <clears throat> yeah fairy tale even books. the part they read the book is cool because there's sometimes in the movie where like you're getting really sucked into it and it's like really immersive yeah and then like um fred's um savage will like interrupt and all of a sudden they'll be like 30 in a modern yeah. time and you're like oh yeah i forgot all about this kid yeah. like this whole like part and I, i'll be I honest think can, i think that can work to some comedic effect yeah it, it does to some extent but at the same time i'm like super into the story and yeah. i'm like oh man like i want to know <laughs> but there's parts I, I don't where care he's about like, this kid right now like, i want to know what's gonna happen yeah, he's like uh but there's this part but it's, it's funny he's like oh let's kiss apart get back to that fire swamp that sounds cool <laughs> You know, like, all right, all right, I, all right. Yeah, I like that. And he's like, yeah. kind of reads it again and shows it again, like yeah, sped yeah, up. Yeah, I don't that know. Is, There's something about that. Yeah. It's kind of unique. I don't. You don't see a ton of movies like that. I yeah, I mean the the closest thing I could think of think to that would like similar today would be like Shang Chi when like he's he's like doing the. The flashback, like telling the story, and then all of a sudden, the stewardess, the stewardess is, like, yeah. is like, yeah. We talked about that, yeah. in the episode. But uh, so it's kind of that same kind of kind of deal, right? Um, what else did I have about it? Um, yeah, I think that's it. Longest sword fight ever, evergreen film, nineteen eighty seven, fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, miracles. Well, I just wanted to giants. say that in looking this movie up, 
on IMDb about a minute before he did this. Does it have a good rating? Does it have a yeah, good... yeah, no, it has a great rating. It's audience um, score. Is it fresh? Well, it's it's eight. Uh, IMDb, it's eight out of ten. But the first review on here is a ten, and the title of the review is "The Perfect Movie." Yeah, I think it's the perfect. And I was movie. I was thinking that you wrote this, but it was 1999 when somebody wrote that. What I wasn't alive in 1999. No, you were, but I mean, yeah, did you? Did you write this on IMDb? No, I've never written an IMDb review. Are you Robbie Jean? I don't think I've ever written one, but I do agree. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. But I yeah. do agree. It's a perfect movie, and the reason why I say it's a perfect movie is that it's it works for all ages. Um, it has a positive message about family and like love, as well as romance. Um, there's no part in the movie where like, oh, I hate this part. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, yeah. oh, the get past this part, and yeah. I, you know, like, or I, I skip this part, or fast forward this part. I don't pay attention to this part. Every part I love. Yeah, literally every part I love. It's a movie I definitely want to watch again because I think that there's so much in the dialogue that I'm sure I missed watching yeah. it through like this last time. Mm-hmm. And again, the fact that I haven't seen it and probably I. I honestly don't know that I've seen pieces of it even in like 20 years. Okay. So, yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch it again. Yeah. Well, if you want to do a screen of it this summer yeah. in the backyard movie theater that you have in your house, <laughs> you rich son of a... Then we could watch it. Now we can come over. Uh, but yeah, that's what I had to say about Princess Bride. I love the movie. Watch it with your kids. Watch it with your grandma. Um, watch the movie. Yeah. And yeah, Princess Bride, if you want to, um, Rob Reiner, if you want to send over some swag, some Princess Bride <laughs> swag, since I'm endorsing your film as the perfect film, I'll say no because I'm trying to keep a neutral, <laughs> respected, you know, no, we only yeah. talk about movies we like really, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're not reviewers of no, movies or board not. games. We just no. talk about board games that we like and movies yeah. that we like and kind of tell like why we like them. Hopefully people will find it useful and interesting. I kind of think it's funny because, like, if you look at the list of movies that we, like, talk about, it's, like, these are movies we recommend. And, like, from a third-party outsider, I would be, like, yeah, no kidding. Back to the Future, <laughs> Indiana Jones, Star Wars, <laughs> The Goonies. Like, who doesn't like these movies? You're, like, obviously 30- and 40-year-old white guys. Like, yeah, we know. You love these movies. Can you talk about something more interesting? Which, hopefully, we will, but... You got to keep in mind, you know, there's the board game element too. Like we're trying to like incorporate board games. A lot of board games have IPs. Yeah, true, true, um, true. But, you know, that's why we have the cinema omelet section. So just keep listening, (laughs) listener. Don't be so judgmental. Come on. Don't make me Will Smith you. All right, we'll be back. You guys thought The Goonies was good? Yeah. Shocker. The Goonies is a good movie. In case you haven't heard of it, might want to write it down. Put it on your, li- on your Netflix watch to watch list. Remind me later. Watch Jaws. Never heard of it. Re- reviewed on the show. Hey, I listen to this podcast. They talk about a lot of great movies. I've gotten so many good recommendations from. Oh, really? Like what? Um, the Goonies. Have you heard of it? Jaws. Have you ever heard of it? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> What? Temple of Doom? Part 2. It's part 2, though. Have you heard of it? They did an episode about part 2. You're wasting your time. Total Recall? Have you heard of Total Recall with Arnold? No, I've never heard of that movie. What's it about? Yeah, I don't know. Shang-Chi? Have you heard of yeah, Shang-Chi? Yeah, no. If somebody did that, yeah, their friend would just be like, you're wasting your time. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Are you, what are you doing? Just 
These, yeah, come on. But hopefully we bring. You lived some... under a rock. Hopefully, <laughs> like... <laughs> so this podcast should be called <laughs> "Movies to Watch If You Live Under a Rock." <laughs> I don't know what else we've talked about, but I feel like you know, uh, Back to the Future. We've like, done we talked... some, we've done some movies that weren't, uh, you know, absolutely like one hundred percent mainstream. I don't think that's true. Maybe like two or three. Yeah, <laughs> like the the deepest cut that we ever did was like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like, nobody ever heard of it. I've never heard of Blade Runner. I think the deepest cut we ever did was, like, Shanghai Noon. My mom was like, never heard of it. I never heard of it. I didn't like it that much, but I love Shanghai Nights. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, All right, so we're going to talk about a board game that you can play after you watch Princess Bride. And that game is The, the Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. <laughs> is it The Princess Bride, Ryan? Or is it just Princess Bride? Is it The Princess Bride storybook game or something like that? Yeah, I think it is, actually. So this is a Target buy. Uh, I'm sure you can buy it at any game store, but you can buy it at Target. came out in 2020. Yep. It is It was a Target exclusive initially. Oh, was it? I think it was, So it's one to four players, 15 to 90 minute play time. We'll talk about the reason why that is. Um, Ages 10 and up, designed by Ryan Miller. Um, Some amazing art by Medusa Dollmaker. Yeah. I assume that's a... uh, Pen name? Or That's obviously somebody's real name, right? And Lu- Lucas uh, Torcato, published by Ravensburger. So, um, first of all, a couple things about this game. One is the art is amazing. The yeah, cover the of the board game box is fantastic. Like, Yeah, it's not one of these games where they just took stills from the movie, like photos from the movie, no. and put them in like... Pasted them onto the game. Yeah. But somebody obviously did an incredible job of painting or drawing or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, scenes Vincent, from the movie. Vincent Dutrait level art. Yeah. Like, the cover of the box could be a cover of the movie, of a movie, a Mondo, like, movie poster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, there's not a ton of great Princess Bride movie posters. I looked. But uh, anyway, so it's a cooperative game, and essentially you're playing the movie. Every, there's six chapters. So it's your, you have a storybook, and the storybook is essentially the, a board of the, the game. And you play through the events of the movie. Like, you play through the beginning. It's like Wesley doing chores around the farm. And then the next part is, like, um, Robin Wright has been kidnapped, and she's, like, trying to get away. And the, the, um, the man in black ship is, like, catching up to, you know, your ship. And, yeah. like, and so... There's a bajillion amounts of theme in this game. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. It is. You feel like you're playing the game, the movie. Yeah, yeah. You feel. And after I watched the movie, or yeah, because after we played that, I watched the movie. Yeah. And as I was watching the movie, I was like, Yeah, this is the that like one chapter of the game, and it like it really made it connect so much more. Right. The, Just like watching the movie like the next day. The fire the swamp, like you're trying to get through the fire swamp and the the ruins of unusual size are in the game. Yeah. They're attacking you and like it it's it's pretty crazy like it's how like they, almost scene for scene of the board like yeah. a board game, scene for scene yeah. of the movie. So yeah. if you like the movie, this game is like a no brainer. Like you're gonna yeah. like the game. Now what's so that's first of all, that's kinda of unique about the game is the board is like a storybook where essentially the six different chapters are like very small like games. games. Yeah, different games. And it's like yeah. a deck building game. Like you're building your deck of cards um, that you use to get through the game. Um, 
And the game, each chapter in the game is fit about 15 minutes or even less. So you can play through all six chapters in about two hours and get through the entire game about this time it would take you to watch like a two-hour movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like, you know, very thematic and very like um, different. It, it's, you know, a lot of times a board game, you set up a board game, you play it, it's like an hour and a half, a two-hour board game. Um, but this, it's like you're playing like six different mini games that have their own win condition, that have their own characters that you're playing as, they're doing your own things, that are directly scenes from the movie. Um but it's very easy to like, like pick up and like put, learn how to play. Yeah. So those are all like good things about the movie, about the game. Um, and those are some really good things. Theme, amazing theme. Components, you know, really strong components. The, the artwork on the cards, the artwork on the um, board game, you know, the storybook, all amazing. The cooperative nature kind of fits this. You know, you're not, not fits the movie. You're not working against each other. You're all like working together to make it through the to the events of the movie. Those are all like really strong things. What I would say is the downside of this game, it's very easy. Super simple. Yeah. yeah. It, it, not just simple to learn, but yeah, it's really easy to win. It's really like, easy to win. Every single chapter, it's, I mean, it was, it, we've, we failed on one. The chapters do get a little bit harder, they but do. your deck is getting better and better. Yeah, and better. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, we had to replay one, one throughout the entire game, but the other ones, it was a breeze. Yeah, and I think that's okay. You know, it's okay. You're still in this game on Target. Yeah. It might be for non-board gamers that, you know, really love the movie or they want to play it. Like, I was, you know, when we played it, I was saying, like, you could easily play this with kids. Yeah. You know, cooperatively, yeah. especially if they like the movie. Yeah. Um... But as a board gamer, as somebody that like plays a lot of board games, uh, I won't be keeping it in my collection. I gave it to Lewis um, to play with his wife Brooke um, because um, I just don't see myself playing it again. Like yeah. it was fun to play through, and I was like, oh, that was cool. That was just like the movie. But I don't see myself like getting it out and like playing it again because it didn't. For a cooperative game, it, it, one thing about cooperative games, first of all, and this gets into like this whole like ludology thing. <laughs> A cooperative game is not a game. It's just not. It's a puzzle. A coop- when you're working together to like solve something, that's just a puzzle. It's not like an actual game. Um, but as a puzzle, a cooperative game needs to be hard, and and it yeah. has to be hard because it needs it to give it some replayability. Like, oh, I played you know Ghost Stories five times. I lost four of them five or whatever. Or I played the Grizzled like twelve times and we lost seven of the twelve. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just got to be hard. In this yeah. game, I feel like we could pick it up and play it ten times and we'd win like. 99.9% yeah. of the Well, I mean, there's no hidden information. Yeah. All the cards that you have, you have face up right. so everybody can there's see no them. There's no communication between the players. Exactly. So, like, on your turn, you could literally say, hey, you do this with the, with your cards. I'm going to give you this one it for that one. It has the most forgiving trading of cards. You don't even have to be Absolutely. in the same spot. In this. Yeah. this is, like, the only yeah, part yeah, yeah. where you don't have to be in the same yeah. spot to trade cards I've like, ever played. Yeah. They took, they took all of the mechanics from, like, cooperative games... And made them as simple and easy as possible. Right. And again, that's great for like kids and families, but for like somebody who's like into games and like cooperative games, if you're not super into Princess Bride, nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're not into Princess Bride, this game is. It's not for you. Yeah. 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 If you're into Princess Bride at at all, then you should definitely try it. You should play it. Yeah, especially because it's fun. It's a fun activity. If you are 
if you're in a Princess Bride and you don't play a lot of board games, or you're in a Princess Bride and maybe you play board games, but like your other family members don't, or you have kids that also like a Princess Bride movie, definitely buy this game. It doesn't cost a lot. Play it a few times. You know, maybe your you know kids would like it. Uh, I didn't hate the game. When we were playing no. the game. I wasn't like, oh, this is boring. Let's get through this. Um, but it was very apparent pretty early on that like, oh wow, this is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. The one downside I would say is that because each chapter is a different game in its own, like playing through the entire thing in one sitting, you you have to go through like set up for each one. You have to learn like the rules of each one, yeah, which wasn't that it's big. Not that it's big. not, it's not big. that it's complex. Not that hard, yeah. But for the first time playing through it, it I don't know. It was it was one of those things where I was just like we because some of the chapters we played through in ten minutes, and then it would take. Well, and it does say in the rule book like each chapter should take about fifteen. Five minutes. minutes. It would take half that time to set up for the next chapter. Right. right. <laughs> and then you play through another one that takes five to ten minutes, right. and then but, you spend about that time setting up for the next chapter. But when we were playing, I was glad that that happened because if uh, it yeah. had taken us a lot longer to set it up, I, we wouldn't have made it through. The no, game. absolutely. I would have been like, All right, yeah, I yeah, gotta yeah. just do this little yeah. stop. Um, but because you could set up in five minutes, it's like, oh, it takes like yeah. five minutes. Let's play another one. Let's play another one. Because yeah. once you get committed, like you're in the fourth chapter, and you see that you're not going to lose, you just want to finish it and see what happens at the end. Right. You know? So, um, yeah. It, it has its good and its bad, like anything, I guess. But for me, it's if you're a board gamer, or if you're not heavily invested in The Princess Bride, it's a skip, I think, for me. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. But if you like The Princess Bride, you should definitely try it. Yeah, and I could see somebody being like, oh, I really like it. I play a lot with my kids or something. That would make sense to me. I wouldn't be like, oh, you're crazy. It's terrible. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. You want my copy? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, the replayability aspect, I mean, it's like once you played through it and you know how to play through each chapter, I don't know that there's going to be any challenge the next time you try to play through it. I agree. Because the even the one chapter that got us... Once we saw, like, oh, if we don't get through this land, the Humberdink is going to catch right. us. Right, yeah. Then we got to, like, get through this land no matter what quickly. Yeah. Then once we saw that, once we lost the one time because he caught up to us in and, our, our area that we were yeah. in, we were like, oh, just burn through this. Go as fast as you can and get away from Humberdink. Right. Then, like, we knew, like, the next time we would play that game, we'd still we'd already know that. And so it would be less likely that we would get caught up that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the only reason we lost that was because we didn't fully understand the rules of that chapter. Yeah, because it wasn't, we were thinking he had to come to, like, our... Right, our, yeah. Our same square, yeah. but really it's like the whole land. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's the uh, Princess Bride storytelling board game 2020 version. Um, the Princess Bride Adventure Book Game is the actual title. Um, 6.9 on BGG, which is respectable. You know, yeah. the weight is 1.905, which is very low. That means that it's, you know, considered by the people on BGG... To be a very easy game to both learn to play and to play. Um, keep in mind that people that are rating games difficulty level on BGG, <laughs> those people play a lot of board games, and so it has to be pretty yeah. difficult for them to like. Yeah. Because you know, the average person that buys the game of Target isn't going to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go rate this game on BGG. You know, they never heard of BGG. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. But it, I will say this though: that if you play a lot of super complex games like we do. Yeah. It's refreshing to have a week where we play something that's I, I completely, dis- <laughs> completely disagree. 
Completely it's refreshing and like it's like a breath of fresh air to play something that doesn't require a two hour video so, to learn how to play yeah. it. Yeah, so Brooks is making this comment because I have like this huge list of words I haven't played and I've been like working I've been bugging everybody to let me play one of my games every week on our Tuesday night board game night. And the, a lot of the games I haven't played, a lot of them are like super complex. And that's why we haven't played that's them. That's why I played them because I'm like, oh I don't want to drag them out and learn the rules, blah blah. But we've been doing that consistently for like two months and the BeachCon trip as well. And so, like, yeah, every week it's, like, some fresh new hell, you know? <laughs> that being said, of the last four weeks, five weeks, six we weeks, we played some was, incredible games. We played I, I didn't hear anybody complain at the end of the night. Definitely not. You know? No. Yeah, you're right. The only complaint we got was when Lewis forced us all to play Oath without us understanding what the hell was going on at all. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. That was... That. And then, I, I mean, obviously, I think it's a game, good game. That I need to play again, but I'd had no under- I didn't have enough understanding to play yeah. the game, and like that yeah. wasn't a game that I mean we watched the video, you know, Lewis read the rules, I guess. Well, it's one of those games that comes with like a okay, this is how your first turn. Like, let the rule book tell you how to play through but your first it turn. It was for four players, right? And we had five players, right? So it didn't work, right? That that whole tutorial thing didn't work, right? And also the tutorial didn't really explain what i needed to know like what i felt like i needed to know to yeah. play the game i i wasn't, so, I wasn't on the game but i definitely will give it a try i would like to try a two-player like me and lewis yeah and like that way like uh after i i personally read the rule book um because yeah i'd rather you and that's not a criticism well that's not a criticism lewis. of like the rule book or of like lewis's ability to teach the game i just feel like this game compared to a lot of games that we play um, it's pretty complex, and I feel like I needed to read the rule so that I would understand it. Right. Um, and now there's like, you know, of our three listeners, there's one like super hardcore, heavy Euro gamer. It's like, oh, that game's of <laughs> so 2.3 out of the, yeah. <laughs> play Kanban and play all these like, you know, fast food nation. Like, I, 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 or fast food magnet, whatever that game is super hard. Um, but for our group, this game was, at least in my impression, it was like a little bit, uh, heavier. Um, yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of difficulty. Was, yeah. So that Absolutely. didn't... But we did play some good games at the beach. We played Shogun. Yeah. Which Shogun those didn't like at all, but everyone else literally loved. Loved it. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, I can't wait to play it again. Yeah. I definitely want to play it um, again. I don't know what else... We, I don't remember what else we played. Oh, we played a game that I thought worked better than I thought it was going to. Well, um, Spectre Ops. Spectre Ops. Yeah. It was fun. Spectre Ops was fun. Yeah. That was a lot which of fun. We had yeah. Broken Covenant, which I know that game gets a lot of hate because, like, there's misprints on the board, as ludicrous as that sounds. Um, but what I did was when I bought it, used the Gen Con's auction, you can go, you can email the company and they'll send you like stickers to go over the misprints on the board. Um, and I thought it worked out fine. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was good. You guys busted me as like a trader like pretty quickly. But, yeah, but we still lost. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I think, you know, like, well, you guys still lost, but it was still very close because if Lewis had got hit one more time, we would have lost. Yeah, that's so true. it wasn't like it was yeah. a blowout. It could have gone either that's way. True. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but either way, it was fun. It was like, fun. It know? was yeah. I really enjoyed playing that. You know, that it had me great. on the edge of my seat trying yeah. to trying to complete it. Um, and then we played Gravwell. Right, which I didn't dig, but I think it was again the player count. Player count, yeah, because this is a second edition that had the fifth player count. Right. And the original only plays up to four. I want to play it again at and four. Yeah. I think we all agree that it seemed like with the fifth player, it made the game less balanced. But that's one of the problems with BeachCon, right? Is like, not, not every game works really great with five right. players. Yeah, yeah, of course. Unlike Shogun, which did work great with five that players. That was great. Lewis. <laughs> 
Which Shogun is an old game, and I've had it forever, and just never played yeah, it. Yeah, 2006. Again, again because, and I got it out of the Gen Con. That's a game I got at Gen Con auction. Um, I think I got it at the Gen. I mean, yeah, it was used when I got it. Um, and the cool is this has that that cube tray, that yeah, cube tower. The you know, cube, yeah, that thing is really cool. It's it like a cool really way to do combat, cool. and yeah. thematically, the game was cool. It was it was a long game. It took us a long time to it play was. it, but it wasn't like your turn like took forever. Yeah, I mean, I think it also took a long time just to learn how to play it yeah. and to like get into the swing of it. Which is one of the reasons why I want to play it again sooner rather than later because yeah. I don't want to go through the whole like learn and relearn it again. I want to play it while it's like kind of somewhat fresh in our minds. Yeah. Um, but you know, we need time. That's a game that's probably better suited for like a weekend night, you know? Yeah. Then Maybe like a Tuesday night because it can. It seemed like it could go long, you know. Yeah. But we did play a five player. Um, it took like so over took three five. hours, didn't it? Yeah, I think it yeah. did. I think so. Or at but least we were looking up it. stuff too, yeah, like looking yeah. up rules and stuff too. So I don't know. I'm I like when I play a board game, I like to make sure I'm playing it right. Some people out there in this world just go, you know what? <laughs> Not naming names, but they just go, you know what? <laughs> Just, just whatever rules. you want. House rules, house rules. I don't play board games like that. I don't allow people that play board games like that to come into my house or to be around me. Okay, I play by <laughs> the rules in the book. Be around me. I play by the rules in the book. Uh, and then we played uh, Fiasco, which we, we played talked Fiasco. about. Yep, from, which we talked about from BeachCon. And we played the game, which we won for the first time ever. Did we win it twice? Uh, the first time we won, it was suspect, tainted. tainted. Okay. Yeah, but we did win one legitimate. We did one. Yeah, we won. Yeah. And it was legitimate. So that is <sighs> that's proof of the argument that I heard people had said like, oh, once you play it like a ton of times, you can really like start to beat it a lot. And I never believed that. I was like, ah, oh, no, there's no way. But now I kind of believe it. I feel like mm. if you play it a bunch of times, you can beat it. You can get the hang of it and like figure out how to beat it more. I don't know why that is. I don't. It doesn't make sense. Maybe I don't know. But I do feel like that. I feel yeah. like there's something about it where you kind of get the hang of it and you can like beat it more than you can do when you just first play it or don't play it very much. Yeah, maybe. Because it shouldn't be that way. It should be like, oh, you get these cards. Yeah. But I feel like you as a group get a better understanding of like reading each other as well as kind of knowing like. Okay, I have this card. There's this many cards left in the deck. There's this much gap between this card and another card. I should play this now or I shouldn't play it now. I think yeah. you start to as you just play a ton of a ton of it, a ton of it, you start to get a better understanding of like when to play that card versus when to hold it, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, obviously you have two cards, you got to play two cards or whatever, but there's sometimes when you like you only have to play one card and you end up playing that second card or there's sometimes when it's like you make a decision to play a third or fourth card and I think one of the reasons we lose, or we would used to lose a lot, is that people would play that third card maybe when they didn't need to. And I right. think the more we played it now, the less people are likely to do that. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is just, like, starting out. Um, people understand, like, what's the better card to start out and also understand, like, when is it good to just burn a pile? Like, we're just going to burn this pile and preserve this one pile. That way we can, like, you know... Um, and I think when you're first starting out, you don't do that. You don't burn that pile as much as you do, like, as you'd, like, play a lot later. Because there's moments in time when it's like, you know what, this is going to be a 35-point jump over here. But I'm going to do it because this right here has two cards in it. You know, right, like, yeah. And you, and you don't want to hang on to this card for, you yeah, you the can't. majority of the game. You can't. Yeah. 
So yeah. I think so you learn like those ins and outs more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, you definitely learn more about the game, how to play the game, and also just the communication style with the people you're playing with. Because communication is such a huge piece of it. Huge, yeah. huge, huge. Which I assume, um, I don't know, we've talked about the game and what it is before. I don't think we have, have we? Maybe we haven't, yeah. Either way, it's a super simple card game. Again, you can buy it at Target. And you have two, four <clears throat> stacks of cards. Two start with one. The other two started at 100, and you just play cards to those stacks, trying to empty out your hand. Every card is a number between 1 to 100. Yeah. So and there are 90, yeah, I guess technically 98 cards yeah. in the deck, or 90, yeah. And you have to play two cards from your hand, but the cool thing is, you can bounce it back. So let's say you have a 50... And the, the pile is like going up. Going up. So the next card you have to play 51 or higher. is over 51. But if you have a 40, which is like 10, exactly 10 behind the 50, yeah. you could bounce it back to 40. Yeah. And that's where the strategy of the game comes in. Yeah. Or at least the, the decision making. Right. You know, like what you're looking for. And, and you can't say, I have the 40. You can't. But you can say, I really like this pile. I love this pile. I'm or I love this pile. pile. Yeah, exactly. I want to take it to prom. <laughs> yeah. I want to buy a condo with this pile. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's where the communication comes in and yeah it's it's a fun game even i mean like i would say even once you get to the point where you're winning it or like you've you've won it maybe two out of four times i would still want to keep playing it because it's just like i don't know oh, yeah it, and there's no setup it takes right like yeah two there's no setup set shuffle the deck yeah cards. it's a game you can take anywhere and play yeah. anywhere with right. anybody anybody can pick this up in 30 seconds yeah so the game uh, in terms of like playing, the amount of times we played games, the most game we've ever played as, lo- as a group was Love Letter, yeah, probably. Definitely. Secondly, probably Coup. We played a ton of Coup. Yeah. A ton of Coup. And then the game. Uh, and then, you know, way believe those, probably The Mind. We played a lot yeah. of The Mind when it first came out. Um, so, you know, those fast card games, like those are, you know, um, hated on by a lot of people, but to me, they're fun. They're literally fun. The point of doing this as a hobby is to have fun. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a super complex, four-hour-long, you know, heavy Euro to be fun. Those games can be really fun. They can be. We played a game last night that we're going to talk about on an upcoming podcast that's a pretty heavy, for everyone's perspective, it's a pretty heavy Euro, or at least a medium to heavy Euro. And that game is fun. But it's not any more fun than Love Letter. It's just not. True. It's just not. It literally <laughs> yeah, just is not. Yeah. I bought That's Love Letter point. for ten bucks, you know, seven, eight years ago. Sixteen cards. And sixteen cards. And I've had hours of fun playing that game. Yeah. Literally hours yeah. of fun. You know? There's someone out there that's like <laughs> like there's someone out there that's listening that's like thinking of the episode of the simpsons when they think that like lisa's like really slow and the really smart girl's like here's the ball perhaps you'd like to bounce it there's somebody out there that's like this guy's played this card game for hours here's a yo-yo do you want to go up and down with it i cho- cho- choose you you know uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, Valentine. Jason, the only person who's getting these simpsons references is like jason uh web that's it everybody else is like what simpsons what all right, so that's uh, that's the board games. Anything else? Nope. All right. All good. Peace, and we're out. Hey, Brooks, do you like eggs? Eggs? Yeah, yeah I like eggs. How do you like your eggs cooked? Uh, over easy. I like mine in omelets with green peppers <laughs> and onions. And that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of Board Game Cinema. 
the cinnamon omelet section. Those little chunky nuggets of delicious eggs that we like to enjoy. Eggs. So, so what have you been watching lately? Man, I saw the new Batman. Oh, Matt Reeves' Batman. That's right. Robert Pattinson. Three-hour-long Batman. What did you think about it? I liked it. I liked it. It was it was dark. Was it seven with Batman? Uh, yeah, I would say it's seven with That's Batman. Talked about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not. It's obviously not nearly as dark as seven. No, but no, no, no. It's it's just not like a kids movie. But definitely it's not, not a kids movie. But it's not yeah, yeah, definitely not a kids movie. But you're right. It's not R-rated. It depends on your kids and how you raise your kids. It's a kids movie for me and my kids. <laughs> I would easily take my seven year old to see this movie. I know Brooks wouldn't because he's like a much better human, a much better parent than me. But, um. That's you know that's parent by parents make their own decisions what to take their kids to, but it's yeah, a course much it darker is. movie. Yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a much darker movie. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a darker movie. And I mean, like as I was watching it and afterwards, I was thinking like, it's not like any Batman movie I've ever seen because completely agree with that. Yeah, there's there's no aspect of the movie where it's like somebody's going to discover that Bruce Wayne is Batman, except for at the I mean, there's like one scene in the movie where he's like. Okay, I think, I think like people might know. Yeah, no, but no spoilers by the way. So yeah, yeah, this is like yeah. Still out in the theater, right? No spoiler. I mean, but like that's obviously that's always going to be a little piece of a Batman movie, but it's it's such a tiny piece right. compared to other Batman movies. This is all like a detective movie. To me, it was like a detective movie. He's a detective. He's trying to like figure out who's committing these crimes. He's yeah. trying to solve these like riddles. Yeah. So it's a movie that takes place in an urban setting. And that's plagued with urban decay, decay and urban blight. Yeah. It constantly rains. Like, it yes. never stops raining yep. the entire movie. Just like Seven. You have a, <laughs> a guy that's communicating with law enforcement while he's committing these horrific crimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this movie. It's seven. It came out in 2000. <laughs> it's Seven. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I like the movie, too. I think it's doing decently. Hopefully. Yeah, I think it's doing well. Hopefully it's doing good enough to, like, they get to make a sequel, right? Yeah, I hope so. yeah. Um, but... I it wasn't on like any Batman movie I saw before either. Yeah. You know? And uh, Colin Farrell. Like Dude. Yeah. I did not even realize that was Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was, didn't know going into the movie that was him, but even watching it, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it was a good performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, some really great performances all around. Um but yeah. What else have you seen? Or do you want me to go? Uh, no, I, there's honestly, I, there's only one other movie that I've recently watched that we haven't already talked it. about. Hit me with it. Stalker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you literally have like five hours of your life and you're like, you know what? Do you know what? I am not going to do anything with my life for the next five hours. I've tried to watch this movie like three, three hours. I've tried sorry. to watch this only movie so hours. many times. Because it's, you know, super heralded and, like, super yeah, acclaimed and, yeah. like, beloved and, like, the science fiction masterpiece from Russia, from the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah. And, like, and I never, I, I, I never make it through. Like, I just, like, I just, and look, I watch long movies. I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a combination of, like, nobody's saying anything. <laughs> and, like, the the sepia yeah i gotta try I, i'm not knocking the yeah. movie because i haven't seen it i gotta like really sit down buckle down i will say you know, a lot of times i start watching these movies at like 12 30 and yeah you know yeah, that. yeah yeah i gotta like buckle down so that's and, like, that's what watch happened the here. Movie. yeah i will say this it took two sittings to finish it okay like i started it i was falling asleep 
I came back and finished it the next day. Um, because, yeah, it's it's a slow movie. It's an extremely slow movie, but, like, it's kind of like Blade Runner 2049. And this is something that Michael Byrne said. Yeah. Uh, direct quote from him. You can freeze this movie on any scene, and it's, it's something you can, like, hang on your wall. Gotcha. You know, like, every scene of this movie is beautiful. And I agree. Like, as I was watching it, when I started watching it, that's all I could think of. Every scene of this movie looks incredible. It looks like, I mean, every single thing about it is so well, like, staged mm -hmm. as far as, like, the placement of, of everybody and everything. And also, I mean, the storyline itself, it's like the science fiction story. It's, it's very similar as I was watching it, very similar to the movie Annihilation, where there's this, like... yeah forbidden zone right. that people can't go into and these people are like sneaking into it in stalker it's called the zone right? it's called the zone yeah, yeah. but yeah, stalker um, is uh, a movie based on a sci-fi novel called roadside picnic that's right yeah where aliens have come to earth and like had this picnic left stuff behind that like is technology beyond our understanding that yeah. like interacts with like things there's a scene um there's a like a when matrix came out there is, they came out with like a, a movie that was like little anime shorts. Yep. It was like Enter the Matrix I remember that. or whatever. Yeah. And in one of them. Animatrix. <laughs> Animatrix. Think, yeah. And in one of them, there was a, scene, a little snippet of a, you know, movie or a film or whatever, where these kids went to this like old abandoned building and the Matrix code was like messed up there. And so like they would like oh, drop wow. a ball and it wouldn't fall down. It would like go up and it would do like these weird things where they could like, when they would jump they would like hang like in the air a little bit longer before they came to the ground and that's like very similar to like the idea yeah. of stalker like yeah. where it's like physics and, and like annihilation too where like things are just not normal like yeah. you know um so i, I need to give it a try I need to it's, give it, a it is a really cool movie uh to be honest like even though it is really slow at times i'm not surprised that michael likes it yeah 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 no, he was the one who like turned me on to it he was I mean, he recommended it years ago but I finally got around to watching it, but yeah. So that's guys, it was a neat. Is it Andre Tarnarvoski? Yeah, yeah. Did he do Solaris too? Yeah, like he did. Russian, yep. Well known Russian. Yeah, yeah, really well known like Russian Super filmmaker. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a really cool movie. The concept and everything it was it was really fun. Uh, sorry, fun isn't the right word, yeah. but it was really it was a neat movie. It was good. Oh. See, so yeah, what about you? What have you watched? Well, I went to the theater and I watched Uncharted, which is like Marky Mark and Tom Holland. Yeah. And there's like a video game movie and there's just like a lot of action. Uh, didn't really care about any of the characters. Pretty easy to figure out what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Like it was definitely a meh movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 If it was like, if like awesome is like oh awesome and like oh it sucked is like oh it sucked this was like meh <laughs> like morton yeah. joe at the end of the movie comes out and goes mediocre <laughs> yeah it's nothing to you know whatever yeah. i'm not I'm I would, sure people I, like it i would definitely watch it i'm not into it I yeah into it um a couple of things i watched on tv um real quick uh the other night <laughs> so what happens like in my life the nightmare that is my life is I'll sit down on the, one of these mini streaming services and like the enjoyment I get out of my life is like the same I got out of working in the video store, like just looking at all the different movies. Yeah, and like, yeah. So I'll like scroll through like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Apple TV and Paramount and like 
you know, BritBox and Acorn and all these services I have for hours and not like actually pick anything out. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Yeah. And Erin will be like sitting there and she'll be like, oh, what about that movie? Let's watch that. Like the very first movie that she sees. <laughs> like the very first one that she sees. Yeah. So she did this the other day with a uh, cop Aaron. car, right? 2015 okay. uh, movie starring Kevin Bacon. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Have you ever heard of it? I, I have heard of it. Yes. So it's about. It's a drama, right? Yeah. It's about a cop car. Um, hence the title Cop Car. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> so it's directed by Jonathan Watts, or John Watts, who directed all the Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow, okay. Like Far From Home, and No Home, and huh. Homeless wow. Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, he directed and co-wrote Cop Car. And essentially, this it's very, uh, you know... No spoilers, I guess, but it's very straightforward storyline where these two kids who have run away from home, and they're like little kids, like, I don't know how old they are. I think they say they're like 10 or something in the movie. Um, they run away from home, they end up seeing a cop car, and they take it, mm. right? And so that unleashes like all this, you know, like, it's Kevin Bacon's cop car. Kevin Bacon is a cop. He's trying to get his cop car back. And it's very, very dark. It's very, very violent. Um, the problem I have with the movie, I like the movie. It held my attention. And I watched it to the end. Um, I thought it was interesting. The problem I have with the movie is the kids are like that are ten. They do stuff that I find it hard to believe that kids that were ten would be mm, do. Yeah. There's a scene in the movie where a kid puts on a bulletproof vest, and he wants his friend to shoot him with a gun. And I don't still think a kid would do that. Like, I mean, God. maybe they would. I know kids die to gun violence all the time. I'm yeah. not a gun owner, so I don't really know that world. But uh, maybe they would. I just I find it hard to believe that they would be, like, playing around with guns. Not to the point where, like, I could see kids playing around with guns. But to the point where, they're like, oh, I'm going to put on this bulletproof vest. Shoot me in this vest. You've never shot a gun before. But shoot me in this vest to, like, see what happens. It ends up they don't shoot him. Um because they don't know how to make guns. They don't know about CPs. Right. Yeah, they don't yeah. know how to make guns work. Which, again, is pretty unbelievable. Considering <laughs> it's like takes place like in BFE of nowhere. Like Literally, there's like nothing around. And yeah. I thought that's what all the people did in those places. Just like shoot guns all the time. Uh, what else are you going to do? No, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, it has it has a lot of like violence. And like violence towards kids. And at least it's... Impl- I don't know. It's It's a weird movie. To me, it was a very weird movie. Um, very weird f- performance of Kevin Bacon. But it's a thriller. It uh, it has, you know, the um, other guy it has is, you know, Bulwark Empire? Yeah. You know, Nucky's brother, Bulwark Empire? Nope. You know, the Nucky's movie. Nucky's brother. Um, okay. Isn't that show like 20 years old? All right. <laughs> so, you know, the movie, uh, Michael Shannon? You know that guy, Michael yeah, Shannon? Yeah, Michael Shannon, yeah. He's in that movie about the. The storm that's gonna yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. His best friend in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy. He's in it. There's literally four people in the movie. It's Kevin Bacon, that guy, and these two kids. Then that's all you like yeah. literally almost ever see. That guy. Um anyway, he's a good actor. I yeah, no, he is. Wasn't he in the um He's in Bork Empire King, with uh, Michael Shannon, which is the weird. King Kong movie? Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Is it the same guy that was in True Detective as the the preacher? Yes. Yeah. 100% yes. Yeah. The same guy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know his name. Anyway, that's Cop Car 2015, directed lately. by John Watts. <clears throat> um, 
kind of a bleak movie, kind of a dark movie, um, but interesting. I also watched a movie that you've never heard of. I bet you ten bucks you never heard of it. Okay. Now I'm gonna owe you ten bucks probably. 2018 film called Fast Color. Have you heard of it? Fast Color. I have heard of it. Damn, I owe you ten bucks now. So it's a movie about again, no spoilers. Shay Wigman. Let me see his picture. Wiggum. Wiggum. Yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Sorry. Yeah. Shay Wiggum. That guy. Shay Wiggum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched Fast Color. It came out in 2018. You claim that you heard of it, so what's it about? Yeah, I've heard the you name. You've never heard of it. Stop lying. You're trying to get some bucks off of me. <laughs> Um, you already so said it's in a future where there's no rain. So you think it's going to be like this pre-apocalyptic movie because it hasn't rained in like eight years. But it's really like a movie about a superhero. Like she, the main character has like these superhero powers where she like has seizures and causes earthquakes. And she's being chased by like the government and she doesn't know what to do. So she goes back home to her family and you find out that her family also has these, these powers, but they're much different than hers. Essentially, oh, wow. they can make things disintegrate and then put them back together. Hmm. Like small items, small objects. Um, Sounds neat. So it's a movie about family dynamics, as well as a pre-apocalyptic future, as well as like superpowers. There's like a lot going on in the movie. I yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like I've randomly clicked on it, never heard of it, randomly clicked on it, and I really thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool movie. I mean. There's issues with it. It's not the greatest movie I ever saw, but a sci-fi pre-apocalyptic drama movie with superpowers, it's not like something you see every day. So yeah. that sounds interesting to you at all, like check it out. Um, again, that's Fast Color. It's not that old. It came out in 2018, but definitely slipped by my radar. Yeah, what did you watch that on? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. One of the 32 streaming services I have. Yeah. Start, um, oh yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah, I know I've seen the I know I've seen the name, but yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't know who directed it. I should have looked that up. But Julia Hart. I don't know if she did anything else noteworthy. Um, but the actress, I feel like I've seen her in other stuff. I feel like she might be like up and coming. Um, because I definitely feel like I've seen her in some other stuff recently. And uh, her name is uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw. Um, she's like the star of it. Um, definitely lower budget, I'd say. You know, I don't know if it came to the theater, um, but it was a cool, cool movie. Especially if you like science fiction. If so, check it out. Cool. Um, and then I got one, just one more. Um, well, two more actually. So I watched Windfall on Netflix with Jesse Plemons. And Jason Siegel. Oh, yeah. How was that? It looked uh, good. So it's like Hitchcock. It starts out the music. Everything's like Hitchcock. And it ends up being a movie about like class warfare. Like mm. billionaires are bad. And, you know, the working man has rage against billionaires. Yeah. Uh, I didn't dig it. Um, I didn't really like the movie. Um, not so much for its messaging because I agree billionaires are bad. <laughs> like <laughs> they should give me all their money. But, uh, and, yeah, I just... So it's a movie that has three. It's one again. It's a movie that has three people. You only see like it could be a play, literally. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't like any of the characters. And in order for me to like really like something, I gotta have somebody I'm rooting for. Right. Yeah. And I dis I've really strongly disliked every character in the the movie. Um, 
it has some twists and turns, I guess, sort of Hitchcockian in that way. Um, all of which my wife immediately called in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I can't recommend it. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I know it's getting some buzz, um, but it was not, wasn't for me. Um, and that was... Windfall. Yeah, and that's that's new. Like that just came yeah, out. Yeah, I I know I've seen I think that it's recently. Like twenty twenty one or something. Yeah, and I, don't know, I think it's you know direct to Netflix. I don't think it came to the movies or anything. Yeah, no, I don't think it. Yeah, I didn't see it in the movie theaters at all. And then the last one I have is a TV show. Again, we usually talk about TV shows, but man, Severance on Apple TV. If you don't have Apple you gotta TV, watch it. you gotta like beg, bar, steal or something. Again, I'm not way through it. Um, there's still, I think, two more episodes to come. I watched the, the, the seven episodes that are available at this point. Um, amazing movie. I'm not, amazing TV show. Amazing story. I'm not going to tell you anything about it except for, you know, I just implore you to, if you at all are interested in some of the themes of science fiction, you know, the duality of man and, you know, what, what makes you, you and, um, you know, definitely can't wait for it to be, you know, out completely and totally watched by everybody and, you know, down the line at some point, maybe do an episode where we talk about it in depth. But right now, keeping it spoiler free, just imploring you, if you're looking for something to watch that I guarantee is good and that you're going to like and it's going to, you know, bend your mind and make you think over and over and over about, you know, every minute detail as you try to unravel this like super dense, uh, very funny, very interesting uh, movie or uh, TV show. I don't know why I keep saying movie TV show. Then definitely check out Severance on Apple TV. Uh, I literally, you know, can't wait for Fridays to come to watch the next one. Going on the uh, subreddit and looking at people's theories and what they think is happening behind the scenes, like what's really going on in the world that they live in, is super fun too. It's kind of reminds me of, like True Detective season one, like people like talking about like what's going, who's the murderer, and like trying to solve the case. Um, this is much, much different show and tone and everything than that, but still that same like feeling of like, you know, people being like really heavily emotionally invested in the show um, is there. So That's yeah, great. check that out. Um, yeah, I want to. I love shows like that where you're like trying to figure out what's going on. Like, there's obviously missing pieces of the storyline, and like, oh yeah, oh, and yeah. like you're trying to like piece it together. Yeah. Not just like a detective show where, you know, like you're trying to figure out who the murderer is, but mm-hmm. like there's obviously a lot going on behind the scenes. Did you ever watch Prisoner? Or, uh, did you ever see that show? No, like, I didn't. British show? No. So in that show, the guy wakes up on this island and he has no idea like what's going on. Yeah. And this show is very much the same vibe. Yeah. Cool. It's not the same story by any means, but just the same vibe. Like you, the viewer, along with the protagonists of the show is, are trying to figure out like what's going on. Like what's going on here, um, and done in a really smart way where you feel like you're already as the shows are going on, you're already getting payoff where you feel like this is like part of a larger, well thought out mystery that's gonna like fit together, um, not just be like just random gilbly gook like lost. In yeah, yeah, end. yeah. But it's gonna be like a real like oh this is gonna have an ending. At least yeah. that's what I'm thinking so far. I'm seven episodes in, um, so I could be wrong and you know, talk about this show a year later and talk about how much I hate it. But right now it feels like the pieces like are fitting together. They're starting to fit together and like things are happening that you're like surprised by, but you're also like, Oh wait, that is kind of similar to what this guy said. And, you know, going on the Reddit and like having people way smarter than me, like 
figure out things and put it together like no this character said this look on the background there's a poster that says this that like matches up to this and like you're like wow mm. it's very much the vibes of um under the silver lake oh boy. i mean under the silver lake is times 10 what yeah, this is but yeah, you know yeah. where you start to like read things on reddit and you're like oh wow i'd never realized that like yeah. That Damn, movie. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Under Silver Lake, we'll definitely do an episode about Under Silver Lake. Because unlike Goonies and Back to the Future. <laughs> nobody's seen that. I love Under the Silver Lake and nobody's seen it. Yeah. And people that do see it, after I tell them to watch it, come back to me and say, I want my money back. <laughs> or I'm going to punch nah. you in the stomach. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a amazing. In my opinion, it's an amazingly underappreciated movie. Yeah. Because no, it's so weird. Because yeah, it's just so it is. incredibly weird. It makes no sense and drives people crazy trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah so. It's like so many like puzzles in it. Yeah. Puzzles upon puzzles upon yeah. puzzles. Which, that's for another episode. For another episode. We that's can maybe right. do a the Mystic Maze Jigsaw Puzzle Ooh, Review. Oh, yeah. I have all three that I've never put together or opened <laughs> up. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Anything else for this episode of Cinema Omelette? You nope. Any other suggestions or criticisms? Felt no. like we kind of kept it spoiler free this time, but a lot of stuff we talked yeah. about was pretty new. So. Yeah. Um, check out those. If anybody watches those or disagrees with us and you know, loves one of these movies that we kind of talked bad about, um, let me know. Or if you watched Fast Color and you didn't like it, let me know. Let me know why. Love to invite you on the podcast and duke it out, mano y mano. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, let us know. Send me a uh email to uh Brooks at boardgamecinema.com hmm. or Ryan at boardgamecinema. Does that exist? <laughs> I don't think so. But you can send me an email at Ryan at boardgamecinema.com. That I think does exist. Uh, I'm cool. pretty sure. So thanks guys. Uh thanks Brooks. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Yeah, what's up? Oh, we started? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're listening to Board Game Cinema. My name is Ryan. And my name is Brooks. And you're listening to Board Game Cinema. <laughs> what's up? All right. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing okay. Doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... So taken aback by that uh, Will Smith situation. I, I was about to say the same. You were going to bring it up? I was going to bring it up. Yeah, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, slapping people. Involved in some controversy. Yeah. What did you think about that? Uh, I didn't actually see it. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> see it either. I just heard about it. That's yeah, I heard about it, uh, and I read about it. Um, yeah, no, it seems, it seems horrible. It, I mean, that's... Obviously, you can't you can't go around slapping every comedian that like tells a joke that you don't like. Obviously, it was like personal to him, and okay, but still, like you can't have comedians doing stand up comedy, like not only dealing with like hecklers. That's one thing they're used to that, but now they have to be worried about like somebody trying to be like Will Smith and coming up on the stage and slapping him. Um. It's ridiculous. Will Smith knows better. It's ridiculous, but I, it and then he won the Oscar for Best Actor after that. After that, it is ridiculous, but it's also kind of funny. Can you imagine, like, uh, just if that was like the new thing, like you say something about a celebrity, and like 
any old ass celebrity like Ed Bagley Jr. comes up on the stage <laughs> and starts singing like Out of ty- nowhere. Taekwondo kicks to people's faces and stuff. Like it can change the whole like award ceremony, award event thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. It could it could just change the way that they're perceived. Instead of it being like this kind of dull award show, instead it's like a more like a mixed martial arts <laughs> combat environment. Where yeah, you say a joke and the next thing you know you're like I don't know, like uh many drivers like storming the stage yeah. and just doing like a yeah. flying knee. But no, I don't know, it was it was crazy. I mean I didn't watch the Academy Award. Did you watch I it? didn't watch it, no. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I don't know why. I just haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, I I used to watch it pretty regular, like yeah. every year, but um I don't know. Now it's like so one, it comes on cable, or I guess it doesn't come on cable, but I don't have TV. Like yeah, all I have is streaming TV, services. So I'm not, yeah, like I don't have a way to watch it. I'll usually, if I know it's happening, I'll usually try to like keep up with it on my phone or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Weird, it's like, it seems like it used to be a lot bigger deal. Like I remember my friend Alden Burgess, he used to have an Oscar party. Um, and we used to, to have, yeah, we used to have some at Charles's house. Right, yeah. So yeah. Know, it just seems like it kind of, I don't know. I know last year was like the lowest rated one in the history of the Academy Awards, but then this year it kind of bounced back. Oh, well. So maybe it's something to do with COVID or people aren't going to the movies as much or whatever. I don't know. I've been, but I've been going to the movies. I'm yeah. Back in, back in the theater watching movies. Um, nice. Uncharted. Have you ever seen Oh, that? I haven't seen it. What'd you think? So I would give it a capital meh. <laughs> If you're going to do a rating scale of like meh as like, you know, kind of middle road mediocre. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a guy from, again, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. What was his name? Morton Joe? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the movie, like Morton Joe shows up at the after the uh, credits and just goes mediocre. <laughs> but it did have a, to my surprise, I don't know why, I was just like feeling super lazy and I didn't want to get up. So I sat in there after the credits and it did have like a really long... Like after the credits scene, like Marvel style. Oh wow! They basically said like, "Hey, this is what we're doing in the sequel." Mm. So I don't know if it'll make enough money or if it's made enough money for the sequel, but they definitely were trying to like. But all so, the audience members know, be on the lookout for Uncharted Two. Yeah. So we'll see. It was a straight up like super two dimensional characters mm. that you didn't care about. Had a lot of action. I was like totally unbelievable. Um. Yeah, you knew what was going to happen, you know? So, yeah. I, I don't know. I was It didn't blow me away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those movies that I definitely, I saw it was playing, and I would go see it just to go to the movies, like if that's, if it's that, and I don't know. If it's yeah. between that and like two other movies that I have absolutely no desire to see, Yeah. Um, it's got enough of the things that like check the boxes for me. Yeah. The ridiculous action yeah. movie, I mean, you know? I went and saw it for a reason, right? Yeah. Because like, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be good. So I'm in this thing now. I go to movies every Friday because um, I work half days on Fridays. So it works out. I go to movies in the afternoons. Um, and actually, I went to see that. And after that was over, I went to go see The Lost City, which is like Sandra Bullock and Shannon Tatum. Yeah. And I was a little bit, like, immediately after I left that screen, and I went into the... Just, like, walked into it. Yeah. Well, I did buy a ticket. <laughs> Calm down. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, but then, right when the, it was starting, like, uh, there was, like, um, two older people behind me, 
that were like coughing, like nonstop coughing. And I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Too soon. So I just like bolted out of there. But I'll probably go see it again this Friday or go see that movie X, which is an A24 movie. Yeah. Which I want to see really that. I really wanted to go see that, but it started later than the other ones. Like, I think um, Uncharted started at noon, and this didn't start to like 110 or something like that. Mm. Um, and then also some, you know, horror movies. Uh, you know, me and horror movies, like, I'm not the biggest fan of gore. Yeah. So it's hard for me to like, watch some of those types of movies it's easier at home where i can like cover my eyes and like lift my shirt up and not like totally see the screen can't do that in the movies though because people would think you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) people can't tell it's all dark they can tell it's all dark nobody's looking at you i sit in the front i always sit in the front row yeah nobody can see you it's stadium seating I feel like they can see it. It's not like old school where like the people right behind you have to look past your head to see the screen. <laughs> yeah. I do always sit in the, you know, the theater I normally go to in the town where we live, it has, um, it's not the front row, meaning like it's not the very front row, but there's like these f- rows of seats that are flat. And then the last one of those is like a handicap area where there's like yeah. space, big yeah. space for wheelchairs and stuff. And then the very first row will be above of the those, stadium auditorium the style seating. Yeah, has, so you can put your feet on that bar. Yeah, no, very you've... very rare is anybody sitting in those handicap seats in front of you. So yeah. it doesn't matter. There's like no one ever sitting there. Yeah, um, I like those seats. So I always sit there. Yeah, Aaron, my wife loves sitting there because she feels like it's just there's you and the screen. Exactly. There's nobody else yeah. sits in front of you. Don't yeah. have people looking on their phones and seeing that text thing. Yep. And it's really immersive because you're like so close to like the screen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know we went to see, uh, I forget what, but maybe it was the Ghostbusters movie or something. We went to see that. Is and mic on? Yeah. Is yours not? No. <laughs> Welcome to Board Game Cinema. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, hopefully people heard me. Mm, Probably not. It's not going to, yeah, I think we just got to restart. Eight minutes. Because I don't have my headphones. Yeah. Check, I could have grabbed, grabbed some uh, earbuds. All right, so let's just start over. Yeah. Can I get a drink first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 